Welcome to the Coded Switch podcast, a deep discussion about the experience of intersectionality and vulnerability as it relates to wellness. Hosted by Dr. Galanega Machisa and told to the psychologist. Welcome back to another episode of the Coded Switch. I'm so glad you tuned in. Today we're talking about the unexpected pitfalls of being a woman, uh, a brown woman developing a professional career. And where do we even begin with this? Dr. G is here with me today, uh, a physician and I'm a psychologist. But at the end of the day, we're women who are just trying to develop careers who lived in community and are now just talking about things that nobody talks about. Oh, can I just breathe a sigh first before we... (laughs) Let's all collectively sigh. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's a lot here to unpack. There really is. I know. I mean, I know we usually try to keep these to 20 minutes or so, but boy, oh, boy. Um, there, There's a lot to the experience of, you know, I mean, and of course, we are getting at intersections already, being a woman of color, being, you know, professional, or even just not even necessarily like having a professional career, but just being an economic contributor to the household. Um a mother, you name it, all of the intersections coming together and, and sort of um, what that feels like, uh, what what ends up happening in the trenches, um, you know, expectations that maybe sort of, you know, that, that arise, that, that, that I, I, don't, I shouldn't say that arise, that exists already, that uh, are sort of, you know, maybe expectations that as a woman, you may think as far as like your experience of what led you to where you are, um, that some of those uh, domestic expectations would be alleviated in some way and that often aren't. Um, Mm -hmm. And and essentially what what ends up happening and what it feels like on a a daily basis. So I know that I'm speaking in vagaries and I'm just trying not to give too much away because we'll get into the... I think give it all away. Let's give it away. It's going to get real. Let's get real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, here's the thing. There's an expectation as a woman that you believe that when you get an education, things are going to open up for you. And they do in so many ways. But I think there's this... there's an underlying assumption for a lot of women, particularly brown women, that when you um, become uh, educated or start a new career or develop these extra responsibilities that the ones you had somehow dissolve, and they don't. You're still expected to do everything else you do plus all of this additional stuff, and nobody talks about that. That's right. No one talks about that. Even if you know on some degree that it won't dissolve completely, you – there is at least sort of the expectation that like, okay, I've earned my keep in, in a different way um, that, that mm-hmm. mirrors what um, usually what counterparts or masculine counterparts are, are doing. Um, and so there's sort of this understanding that naturally we'll, we'll share the other, uh, other aspects too, right? Like if we're sharing sort of, you know, in, in this realm of, of life, we'll share in this realm too, there, at least, you know, knowing it won't dissolve completely, but expecting, um, you know, a more level playing field that doesn't often happen. And it's it, not necessarily to the fault of, um, yeah. of counterparts, right? It's not necessarily, but it's, it's just like maybe the natural, you know, crumbling of the cookie. So it's the proverbial cookie, so right. to speak, as far as, you know, children prefer preferring yeah. their mother, uh, you know, like, yeah. or no, 
well, this gets at a lot of other things. If we're talking, you know, usually as, as women, you know, we're, we're very good at, at uh, task switching. I've heard it's not really multitasking. It's more task switching, managing yeah. many different things at one time. And so you can sort yeah. of like naturally take on that role. Um, and, and it may be okay for, for time, uh, but as you take on more outside of the home, it becomes, it's mm. harder, right? It's, there's less bandwidth. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to lean into that, that, that maybe it's wishful thinking, right? On some, to some degree mm. of like, okay, well, this is how things will split domestically too. Um, but yeah, I hope it doesn't, I hope we don't come off as like, <laughs> you know, shaming or blaming in any way, but it's just more so speaking to the, the experience, the actual day-to-day experience of what it, what it feels like. Um, to have these these different roles, these different hats, and and how they intersect with each other. There's no two ways about it. You're yeah. just expected to do more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're expected to hold more. And then, you know, you become a mother and you think, okay, well, I'm also working and I'm also looking after the kids. And you can have the nicest partner in the world. Yeah. And I think – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can even have the nicest partner in the world, but sometimes it's not about them. Sometimes it's about you. And so if you grow up in a community where collectivism is extremely valued and you're expected to pitch in and, you know, you know, support others and maybe not put yourself first, you know, setting boundaries can be really difficult. Um, you know, laying your expectations can be really difficult. Certainly. And so sometimes you can end up feeling, well, I've found that often like psychological distress is really predominant. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you start feeling isolated, alienated, you know, even with among people who you love and people who love you and yet you feel like, okay, this is too much or I'm not, I shouldn't have to do this or yeah. why am I shouldering all of this responsibility? Maybe someone can alleviate that for me. So. Right. That distress is really real, um, and it's not it's not something that's within your imagination. You know, people are told like, that's right, you know, that's toughen right. up, or like your parents had it worse, or I had to do. I did this with four children, but you a lot, of comparing. A of lot of comparing that happens too, right? Like, I know that I've done that for you know. To, I mean, even comparing us, right? Like, I, I have a, a son. You've got two two kids, right? And, and I think yeah. it's a natural thing to do. Like, oh my gosh, she's doing this with two. You know, I'm just doing this with one. And and what that feel like? Of course, then that internal conversation can start to sort of go awry. And like, you know, maybe I should be able mm-hmm. to handle more, or maybe I should be able to, right? Um, and of course, circumstances in in each person's particular life are different. There are different caveats that have to context. I say this all the time: context is everything. Um, and, Mm. and if you sort of, it's easy to go down that tangent if you're just thinking about like black and white, the black and white of things, but if not, if you're considering all the gray, um, but why do you think people might not find that? Like, why do you think people don't consider context? Why do you think people are more likely to go down the black and white pathway? Because it's easier because it's just so you don't have to do as much mental work. Like, I mean, if you're considering all the it takes work. It takes mental exercise to do, to, to think about context and all the, the, like I said, different caveats of a a particular circumstance. Um, it's a lot easier to just say, you know, like look at the, the, the main headings and say, well, this looks like it Mm. should match this. And there's a, there's it doesn't match. So, you know, it, and then come to some sort of conclusion without really examining the context of what, of, of what you're, are you even comparing apples to apples? Right. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it's interesting as you were talking um, sort of about, uh, you know, there sort of being no two ways about it. I, I just wondered, like, I, I, it dawned on me that maybe some of the expectation of being able to handle everything comes from the fact that, you know, if, if you are, for example, um, you know, a woman who is pursuing sort of, uh, you know, advancement in career or professionalism, that sort of thing that, and of course that comes with a degree of, of mental fortitude as well. You're taking on a lot of challenges mm. and having to overcome things. And, and so maybe the expectation is also there that you should be able to handle more, right? Like you, you should be like, if you're, if you're doing all this, why can't you, you know, yeah. just it, do it all? And, and, and there is it's almost a microaggression towards is. women who are retrieving. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you want to do this, then you've got to do it all. Right. Kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> I've always said when it comes to women being learning more skills, often we fall into this, maybe kind of a bit of a, one of the older waves of feminism where we say we want to be equal in everything. And like, I, and you know, people mm -hmm. have their different views on, I call it the F word. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, what feminism actually looks like is having that choice. And sometimes, yeah. you know, the more we learn, we think, oh my God, we've got more opportunities. And so sometimes people don't create opportunities. They put you into boxes saying, now you have to do everything and in reality as women i think what we're seeking to do is anything like we can do anything as women mm -hmm. but not everything yes and so mm -hmm. sometimes you know falling into that trap where people feel like well you can do this and this and this and therefore you have to do it all and when you don't that's when that distress kicks in and i, yeah. I see people all the time coming to me saying you know like i feel like i should be able to do it and why aren't i doing it and feeling alienated by what should be a really enriching experience I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, we, we definitely need to go there within a certain aspect of this and that expectation of, of doing everything and that it's not just, you know, across gender roles, right? It's not just, you know, male yeah. counterparts having that expectation or fam, you know, family, older generations having that expectation. It's among women too, right? Like um. we, there is a, a sense of, uh, you know, martyrdom or, you know, like of, of doing it all and, and getting it all done and functioning on, you know, fumes and, you know, to be able to be everything and, and sort of modeling that for, for other women. And so it, it, it sets up pretty quickly that it, mm. for, for women observing it, that, you know, that slippery slope of that dialogue within yeah. yourself that you feel like, well, if she's doing it, you know what I mean? What's going on with me? Um, instead of creating that space to just be like, this is pretty difficult. This is, it's not like it's impossible, but it's, it's hard. Um, mm. And so I think that's an important part of it because it's not just, right. We, 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 we do it to each other too. <laughs> you know, like my, yeah, and, it is. Of course, Sometimes women can be the biggest critics of oh one God. another. There's oh a whole gosh. science to why. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and sometimes in doing that, it's funny because um, I, I was having conversations with, you know, people like my mother and other women who were parenting, you know, back in the eighties and nineties. And they were talking about, um, you know, that, there wasn't this pressure of people watching your parenting on social media, watching your children, and you kind of just oh learn to navigate things, which look, 
there, I'm not trying to romanticize it. There were some oh, yeah. issues with Absolutely. just giving crepe to your kids straight up, but like, <laughs> but no one was there judging your parenting. Like, ah, oh, you got to do what you've got to do, which, you know, sometimes in some ways I feel like now there's this pressure before you even begin. Like you're not even allowed to make that mistake and fall. You need to be correct from the outset. You have to, to educate yourself so, so that you get every accounts. step right. Yeah. I mean, there's, oh yeah. gosh, live, I mean, the, the, Social media in combination with, I mean, it all stems back to, it all comes back to social media because this, this inundation of information, right? It often transmits through social media where it's ready at your fingertips and, you know, technology has made that, that delivery a lot easier. We're all walking around essentially with, you know, computers in our hands and yeah. pockets. Um, and so the expectation is you have all the answers. So there's, you don't, there's no reason or no, you know, like, almost giving each other no grace to, to live and learn. Wow. <laughs> right. To live That's and learn. so powerful because yeah. if you haven't got that space to live and learn, then instead of, you know, instead of having an oyster of the world to learn from, you actually end up with even more limited representation and even more limited visibility because so much more is being hidden, particularly when you're a woman who supposedly you know, has it all together and mm -hmm. people don't see that. And then you just feel like, well, everyone else has it together. Why don't I? I you know what? I mean, you probably can speak to this to some degree because, you know, as, as healthcare professionals, we have the, the honor the privilege of speaking to people in a really intimate space behind closed doors. Mm. So they yes. share way more than they would share with, you know, their contemporaries or colleagues or you name it. And so we get to see, we get to pull the curtain back and see like, nobody's got it together. No matter how much yeah. people are like striving to make it look like they've got it together. No one has got mm. it all together. There is, you know, some, some degree of, of, um, you know, hardship or, or suffering or right room for improvement, whatever you want to call it. And that somebody might be struggling mm -hmm. with. And it, it is how, I mean, I, I consider it a privilege because it, it helps me to sort of not, not, you know, as, uh, perfectly by any means, but it helps as a frame of reference to be able to like, so even if I go on a spiral, I I'm probably more and relatively quick, more quickly able to get myself off of the spiral just by having the gauge of normalizing, like, it's not normal. Like, I mean, it's not, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not unique to me. It's not, there is no normal. There is no, um, and I, it, I, I, it's just so sad that we, it's not any different from probably, you know, times gone by. Um, but the, the fact that it's magnified by technology and social media, this being able to like broadcast, the most perfect version of yourself. Um, yeah. Right. And I'm guilty of it too. Like we all, we're all doing this. It's, it's there, our persona that we're putting out there is like, you know, of course we're trying to represent the, mo the most real, but without, you know, bruising the yeah. bruising ourselves to an uh, <laughs> unforgivable degree and what it ends up coming mm -hmm. off. And it's almost like what's expected. Like as far as like people want something to look up to, Right. And so yeah. what does get more likes and more this and more that is like when you look like you have it all together. Right. Because people do want mm -hmm. something to look up to. They want to see something to yep. strive for. They want to see something to. But what ends up happening is we can't have these real conversations with each other about like less level. Right. Like let's go. Mm -hmm. Right. It's and, and that's truly where the healing space is as far as like if we're thinking of, 
you know, lowering stress, anxiety, and, and then how, you know, how it impacts your health and your wellness. And that really is where the healing space is, is, is identifying with each other on these, these, in these fundamental ways, these real human experiential ways. Um, and it's just unfortunate that we're like moving farther away from that. It feels. Yeah. But... I don't think I appreciated how much people opened up really quickly about their lives. Um, genuinely, I don't, I don't think I appreciate it until like even listening to you just makes me think again about, I guess, how lucky I am to have people willingly for the most part, become very vulnerable very quickly and tell you what's really going on. And I think for myself, that sometimes makes me feel like I don't need that pressure to perform. Like I've now learned you, everyone who's smiling is holding a story that they're not oh, telling yes. you. I mean, it's oh, yes. pretty obvious, but there's yeah. people are carrying a lot of pain uh, and a lot of difficulty that you'll just never know about otherwise. I mean, now I guess as a, as a psychologist, I can see some signs like more subtle signs, mm -hmm. but really nobody knows. So many things are being hidden. Instagram, yes, is a highlight reel, but let's be honest, even in the face-to-face -face realm, yeah. like there are a lot of people that just sort of, um, you know, I guess because of a lack of understanding, just sort of put themselves out there and say, this is the perfect life that we're meant to be living. Yeah. I mean, no one's living that life. There's a social expectation too. Like when you're making small talk and being polite, as we put it, and you ask someone, you know, oh, hi, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, you ask someone like, how's it going? Just in small talk, there is this expectation that you will receive like I ask I'm asking that because I know I'm going to receive like a surface answer and not somebody that's like mm. man let me tell you you know what I mean because like if you do that then it's like unless you're from the and... in the Mediterranean unless you're from the Mediterranean so like listen where oh, actually I've got to tell you this funny story where my sister my sister was at a bus stop and she said I was listening to two people talk and this guy was spilling his life to the yeah. other person and she said, I thought they were best friends. And then the bus came and then the man turned to the person next to him and said, well, it was lovely meeting you. This is my bus and I'm going to head off. And she thought, oh, my goodness, like this guy was literally pouring his heart out. So, yeah, I think definitely just reminded me that not everyone's prepared for that necessarily when they say, I hate going. You know, they ask, they only mm. ask it because they, you know, they know that like there's this social agreement that if I ask you and I'm you know polite and I ask you, you're only going to give me the, you know, like, oh, I'm good. That's right. That's right. We were talking about, we got off on a tangent, but we were talking about expectations, not only across gender roles, but, um, or gender identity, but among our own cohort as women and how oftentimes you can be the, the, the harshest critic. We, I think maybe we go you can into talk that. to that, talk to that in terms of the difficulty in finding allies. Absolutely. And I think this gets into sort of the topic that we were talking off, uh, talking about off camera, um, in that, you know, th this experience of usually there, there is a natural alliance that happens uh, within, you know, your gender cohort, just because you're sort of living a shared experience, at least within your community, within your culture, that sort of thing. But yeah. what happens when you when you live in the intersection, right, you you your mm. existence is in the intersection, meaning like for you and I both being born in a land that was that is foreign to both of your parents, right? Mm, um, and, yeah. and your cult, your culture and your community and where most people, mm -hmm. especially at the time that we were growing up, were, um, you know, 
expatriates from from their country of origin and so so like started their life living in their respective countries ethiopia turkey but then you know they 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 moved to where they so they they formed a lot of their identity and understanding in those places and then they can form bonds with people who are similar to them in that respect where does that leave you know the person like like you and i who was born in the um the the foreign culture essentially and the the uh after after parents emigrated and so <clears throat> it's it's difficult because you feel at least let me speak to my experience it, it it feels um like you're an other in both aspects you're yeah. i mean it's, i mean it, maybe it might be easier for the visibility is not there what's the that visibility is not there yes, the yes, visibility yes, yes. is not there of yes. someone like you and it you don't not, often it have allies it was not there when i was growing up um it you know there are a lot of things that made it that make it particularly difficult because i mean of course there are there are other people who you know who are also growing up in a, in a new uh culture that is different from their parents other cultures um especially ones that tend to assimilate more quickly like they they may give their children names that are easily identified with the new culture like you know english names yeah. or whatever it is what whatever it happens to be um but when you you know you have things that make you stand out visibly mm. um yeah you know hello yes hello exactly that make that you can't necessarily yeah. hide between the um the obvious between the folds of fabric <laughs> yes exactly that's a perfect way to put it uh, it makes it a lot harder, right? You can't, a name, right? Something as simple as a name. Like uh, you hear me on the phone, you, you hear me talking, you don't see me. You could assume that, you know, I, yep. I, I'm a, you know, white person. Cool. Exactly. Like you, you, yeah. if you see my name, it is immediately obvious that I'm not, right? You see me yeah. visually, yeah. it is immediately obvious that I'm not, um, right? And so you can, it quickly lends itself to feeling otherized in that new culture which is only it's new to mm -hmm. it's new to the parents mm -hmm. and sort of you i guess even growing up you experiencing you experience it through the eyes of your parents right it's yeah, even yeah, though you yeah. feel yeah. like it's your own you feel it yeah. because it's all you know like right like culturally you're learning the same things as your contemporaries are at the same time they're learning it but yeah. you're also having this this perspective of it being other Right. So you don't necessarily 100% identify with your own culture. Um, and then when you go to the other side of things, it, you can you can be other there as well, because you, you, yeah. you know, you don't have that shared experience of, of growing up in in the homeland. Um, right. Mm -hmm. You don't have that experience of. And, and so all of that sort of come back to the point here is that it. it if you're looking for an ally, usually allies naturally align with their shared experiences. And so if you're not finding people with those, those similar experiences, those shared experiences, it makes it really hard to align yourself and to find people that you, you know, you know, you're really safe with. Um, yeah. So, and I know so I many women, <laughs> so many, no, so many women in, in that, in navigating those pitfalls, um, being othered or trying to find a way to make it work for yourself, the importance of connecting with people who have similar experiences, like 
like you said, someone may have part of your experiences. Another person might have another part of a similar experience. So you forge these relationships with these two different people, but then eventually you find other people who have similar hybrids and you just have so much more of a connection with them. And I think that's part of the way out. That's part of the way forward, you know, connecting with other brown women who have similar experiences, whether it's online or in person, but that group across around those experiences. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. See, this is what I mean. Like you know, people can literally connect across the globe based on those experiences. And I think it's good that we're doing this, but I think also for people listening and recognizing that there are other hybrids just like you yeah. and you've got to find them and they're worth it. When you find these people, you click. It makes up for all of that lost time um, because we need that representation. It's the knowing, you know, you don't even, you could just say like a, a, a word or like a phrase and boom, it's understood, right? I There's no it. explanation needed. No explanation necessary. Yep. Yeah. So. Oh no, that's on an individual level. I think more broadly in terms of our community, we need more representation as well. Like I know traditional media has changed quite a lot, but you know, um, you know, consuming media created by people who have similar, like a hybrid of an identity like you is going to be super important. So there's rise of podcasts, rise of websites right. and stuff. And I think that's going to be super important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, 100%. you know, I mean, uh, yeah, certainly. I think, I guess to, to bring this not full circle, I don't think we're, maybe we're close to out of time, but, um, you know, what we're starting off with was talking about roles, right. And, and sort of, the expectations of, of what you should be carrying out and living out and how oftentimes when you're looking for allies, they tend to be of like-minded uh, people. But people. if you're having a hard time finding those like-minded people, it can create even more isolation. I think you already spoke to this isolation in that experience of expectation as it relates to not yeah. necessarily professionally. I think like that is like, you get it right? That's, that's pretty easy. Like you, you, it's a standard, but more so, you know, I mean, when you are, let's just call it what it is when you are an outlier by, by most definitions as, especially as it relates to within the community, what, what the average, you know, may look like what the average and, and have experienced when you are an outlier to that, um, it's very hard to find your tribe, right? It's very mm. hard to find the safe space. And so to have that conversation about like, um, this is what it feels like or, and not have, 100%. You know, yeah. And oh not have God. the judgment yes. or like the, yes. you know, yes. well, this is, this is what we do. This is, you know, there, or the judgment about not being able to do it in the, the exact way that it, it's maybe looked like in times gone by and how you have to modernize it and make it fit into there. There's so much to speak to it, but, um, but anyway, I know that it's, it's sort yep. of a digression. When you're an outlier, when you're an outlier within any type of community, that's the space where it's easier to become harsher on yourself. Whereas oh that is the perfect grounds for you to exercise that compassion, that self-care, particularly if you're not harming people, yeah. people are just uncomfortable with how you're presenting. Like it's not the pressure often falls on you to educate people. Um, you know, about their experiences and that's emotionally taxing. That takes away that, you know, adds more to the outlier experience in some way. So it's about yeah. setting that boundary and maybe talking about it 
on your own terms, like, yeah. you know, making your own podcast and talking about it, yeah. inviting other people, men, women, and everything in between to actually um, to lean in, to tune in, and to be like, hey, maybe this is an experience I can relate to as well. I think Absolutely. we're – look, we could keep talking about this, but I do feel like we're out of yeah. – are we out of time? I look, think, let's be yeah, honest, we make the exactly, time. Yeah. We make the time, but I feel like people might be like, all right, can we listen to the next episode already? <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's, uh, let's know when to gracefully, you know, bow out. So thank you all for joining us on this, uh, yet another episode of the coded switch with your co-hosts, Dr. G and told to the psychologist. We look forward to having you back on episode, uh, to listen to episode six, where we're, we'll get into more of these juicy topics and maybe not quite sure where we're going to go next, but it'll be good. We want to hear from you about, you know, have you lived out any of these experiences that we just talked about? Um, uh, you know, I, I'm sure. I'm sorry. Is it just us two? You know what? Probably actually, I'm almost certain it's probably, yeah, just limited to, you know what? Forget it guys. (laughs) No, I can't. I I reckon there is. We should hear from them. Absolutely. I agree with you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from this is the space to have these dialogues about, you know, what you've been feeling and experiencing and and how that's informed your understanding of yourself and how you fit into the world. Um, You're Mm. not alone, clearly, right? Clearly not alone in, in whatever experience of, of uh, navigating, you know, duality or intersectionality and everything that it means. So please do let us know. We, we want to hear from you. We, we really want to hear if there are like specifics that you want us to talk about or go into. We'd love to hear that um, and talk to it specifically mm. on the podcast. If you want to join us sometime, if you want to be a guest, please do so. Let us know. We have uh, functionality. We can bring in guests. Yes, we, yes, we should. I think yeah. that, you know, or, I mean, if it's up, whatever, whatever feels comfortable, if it's, you know, maybe not wanting to be on, on camera or do it that way, send us, you know, your topics and we'll be happy to speak to them um, or your inputs mm-hmm. or your insights and we can share them for you if, you if that feels more comfortable. Whatever, we're open to whatever works for you, the listener. So yes. thank you so much again for joining us and we'll see you next time.